Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey everybody, this is Dr. David Wardy coming at you with another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Nicholas Jensen. What's up, my man? Doing well, buddy. Uh, we, we were just chatting about the weather before we got on. It's, it's wintertime in Vancouver and, and that can come with snow and rain and sunshine all in the same day. So uh, we've been enjoying playing outside with the boys and, and getting a little taste of some of that snow. Uh, but loving, uh, loving life right now, doing well, and, and I'm excited for our guest today. We've been looking forward to this one, man. We have a guest in-house today at my clinic, and um, I want to talk a little bit about this woman real quick. So with, with what I do for a living, there's not that many people that I can kind of see that, that common space with. So this is one of my soul sisters, my energy sisters. Uh, just good to always be able to have those people that you can go to and kind of talk to these things about. So we wanted to talk about Reiki today, and I'm, and I'm really looking forward to this one. So this is the first person that came up when we thought about this. I even talked to Clarissa. I was like, who do we get on to talk about this? And she's like, oh, you got to get Danny on for sure. And I was like, absolutely. So we have a really good friend of mine, also the person who does Reiki on me as well. Uh, we have Daniela Chisholm on today. And I'm going to let her introduce herself in a second, but I'm really excited to have her on for a number of reasons. One, uh, she's going to share some stuff, but she's got quite the journey and she's still in the middle of her journey with all this. So she's going to really educate us today on what Reiki is, how it's affected her journey and where she is today. And then hopefully by the end of this, everybody will understand what it is and want to go out and get it done to experience what what I think is an incredible, incredible form of, of medicine. I would call it medicine. Uh, and we'll get into that of what kind of medicine it is. But Danny, thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome. Uh, thank you, David. That was a very kind and uh, generous introduction. Uh, Nick, I'm so happy to finally meet you. I've heard a lot about you and your wonderful wife. Uh, first, David is a, a great friend of mine. And uh, it was really surprising and touching that you invited me to be your guest uh, for Reiki. I'm definitely in the middle of the journey right now, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you both and, and just talking about Reiki. It's now one of my favorite topics to explore. I, I love any opportunity I can. And um, a little bit about myself to give some background. Um, I'm a Reiki practitioner under uh, the lineage Usui Shikiryoho. I've been practicing for a few years now, um, a level two practitioner and I'll Kind of a talk about that a little bit later but i'm also um, a candidate right now for a reiki master and i've been on that journey for oh just about a year and kind of don't have a definite time when that will be over so i'm in, really in the middle of the meat of my journey uh, with reiki for this this part the journey always goes on as we all know and, and continues into these different stages but uh, really happy to be here, uh, looking forward to whatever uh, conversation comes up surrounding Reiki and what I can provide my perspective. And I would love to to have um, everybody feel that Reiki is accessible and something that is uh, interesting that they may want to try at some point um, or just know a little bit more about. 
So for our listeners real quick, uh, you are a Reiki practitioner, but share a little bit about what you do outside of this world. Uh, yes, the other daily. side. So I'm, uh, I didn't give up my day job to just be a Reiki practitioner. I, I kind of tried that for a few months and found myself back in, in the professional realm. Um, I'm a lawyer. I practice here in El Paso. And uh, my career used to be before Reiki, I uh, used to be a criminal defense attorney. So I was here and on the border, there's lots of opportunity for clients, as you can imagine. And I practiced my father for um, about eight years doing criminal defense work. And that was very interesting. Um, that was pre-Reiki. Uh, Post-Reiki, I now am a lawyer for mental health, uh, the LGBTQ uh, community, and uh, elderly law. So I have made a giant shift, but um, I did take some time off to give Reiki, my full attention and opened a studio. And um, then I came back and found a balance where I practice law. I found a type of law where I can be of service and also uh, integrate and implement my Reiki practice and my studio uh, on the side. So that's kind of the other half of what I do. And we'll talk in a second, but Reiki has kind of led you on this wholeness that you have in your life now of this balance, right? Absolutely. I mean, prior to uh, encountering Reiki and my Reiki teacher, uh, I was kind of in that mindset of really here and only in the physical form, kind of, you know, money driven success, you know, uh, have the big cases, be in the paper, you know, that kind of mentality and slowly as my experience with Reiki developed, that softened and opened up different parts of me where now um, I can use those skills that I have as a lawyer uh, really to be more of service and something that's more in alignment with uh, how I feel inside. It's a kind of a reflection now. And I'm working with these wonderful populations here locally where I can use all of my Reiki skills and, and experiences with uh, the mental health community, which right now we all know is uh, huge. There's a not, you know, there's more discussions about mental health as of lately, but for, for some time, it's been pretty taboo. So I'm able to um, kind of weave together Reiki practitioner and attorney into this really beautiful practice that's opening up into mental health. And now I'm, I'm starting to get into transgender law, uh, really allowing Reiki to help guide me to how I can be best of service. That's beautiful. Hmm. So let's get started. Sorry, no, our listeners are like, what is Reiki? <laughs> so let's just start there. Sure, absolutely. And um, Reiki in itself, it's a Japanese healing practice. Um, the word Reiki, we can break it down, Japanese word, uh, Rei, universal life, and Ki, energy. So Reiki, universal life energy. And uh, when we talk about universal life energy, that's that energy that's flowing through everything, everyone, every being. Um, so that is Reiki. So we hear this, I mean, me and Nick talked about this on our energy medicine episode and we call it, you know, it's called chi in Chinese medicine, right? And prana and sure. it has all these different meanings, but in Japanese, they're using this word Reiki to describe this universal life force energy. Correct. So from this practice, that, that would be Reiki. That would be what awesome. encompasses Reiki. So take us on a journey real quick on when somebody, why would somebody want to go in and have a Reiki treatment? Okay. Like what would bring somebody into using a service like this to help themselves? Sure. Um, Reiki can be for all kinds of different um, reasons. Um, 
people can come in because they want to uh, feel more relaxed in their body. They can deal with physical pain. They may have, you know, some issues they want to work on. A Reiki can be utilized if you're working on emotional work. You want to break through some emotional uh, barriers that you may have or you're working on mental patterns that you may be wanting to change uh, or expand on. Um, so there's, it kind of hits all, all levels. And um, the great thing about Reiki and the experience of receiving uh, treatment is you don't exactly have to have a set goal or something that you want to achieve. It can be simply as you want to see what the experience is like so many different things, you know, we hear about it, we get curious and that's enough to bring someone in to say, you know, I'd like to try this and see where it unfolds from there. What a beautiful thing. Somebody going into something without an attachment <laughs> to the actual result of what they're expecting. Right. Sure. I mean, and, and that's, that's a work in progress for everybody. Right. I oh, mean, we, we have, um, you know, one of the, the teachings uh, kind of that has been instilled is this through Reiki in the practice is this um, not having an expectation when I go give a treatment or I receive a treatment to allow the Reiki to do whatever the Reiki is going to do rather than saying, I want my right knee to be fixed. I want this pain in my heart to go away, whatever it is to, you know, and to some degree uh, walking into the unknown a bit, surrendering some and saying, I have this in mind that I'm working on, but also coupling that with letting the Reiki do what the Reiki does. You know, and I think that's going to be different depending on not just what you're going into that person for when you get it done, but the time and space you're in when you have that done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I first encountered Reiki, I was only coming at it from a physical level. Like, oh, I've got this, this leg that has damage. I have this foot that hurts. I can't walk properly. This is it. I'm going to learn this practice and I'm going to give myself Reiki and it's going to go away. You know, but there's so many more layers than that. You know, we, we may ultimately the leg may feel better and, and the foot may not hurt, but sometimes we have to go through a process in order for that to, uh, whether it's an emotional um, processing or changing our mental patterns, whatever it is, in order for that end result to be, my leg doesn't hurt. My foot isn't in pain anymore. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, and Nick, I want to hear because I know you've had it done as well. And I also, I don't want you to share your experiences because you've had it done many, 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 many times. Um, but for me, you know, I remember when I first got exposed to it, Clarissa had gone to a level one and two training and, and she'd come home and, uh, she's like, Hey, well, let me, let me try this stuff on you. So I remember I just laid, I laid down on the bed and she just started putting her hands over me, but I felt, I mean, I think she did 20 minutes on me, but by the time she was done, ridiculously relaxed, like, uh, overly calm sense of just you know everything letting go after she was done and so that was my very very first experience so then i remember my second experience was actually with danny and danny's like hey i want to give you a long distance treatment so then this is the new for me like long distance and we'll talk about this but so i'm thinking okay long distance all right let's see what happens here so she texts me i think like at 8 30 i told her let's do it let's do it before i go to bed and so she's like, hey, I'm going to get started. Just, you know, lay down and relax. And I think I lasted maybe six minutes and I passed out and I went to bed. Like, but I had some of the deepest, most restorative restful sleep that I had had in weeks after she worked on me. And I felt amazing the next day. 
So then I woke up and I was like, holy crap, this stuff's awesome. So then, of course, I'm asking Clarissa like a million questions. And the next thing I run into Danny, I'm asking all these questions. And, and then I've actually had sessions with Danny in her studio where she's worked on me, which was incredible as well. And for me, man, my go-to for Reiki is like when I'm on that overload of stress and I'm losing resilience, that's when I like to go do it. Because it kind of completely resets me and pulls me right back to that equilibrium of myself. If that, if that oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best way I can that's, describe I mean, that. That's, that's awesome. That's a beautiful experience that you have with, with Reiki. I mean, and that's generally what people, you know, uh, experience. It's like this deep relaxation. It's kind of the tension is gone. The, the stress dissipates some. And, you know, when, when we don't have those things in our body, our body allows is allowed to heal itself. You know, it has the ability to get in there and, and we don't have these kind of overriding stressors that are you know, getting in the way. And that's really, I mean, it's kind of like going on a cloud, right? I mean, you, yeah. you go in and you don't, and you don't have to do anything other than lay there. Um, and then that kind of gets the curiosity going for a lot of people. And I don't know if that was for you. Like you said, you started asking questions like, what is this? You know, well, I just wanted to create some understanding there. Right. Cause you feel it. And you're just like, holy cow, like how did just laying here and having somebody place their hands over me and move, you know, for the last 40 minutes, put me in that kind of state? Because you can't achieve that just by yourself. So you, you see this coherence happening amongst two people while you're you're going through this type of work, right? Mm -hmm. Nick, what was it like for you, man? Yeah, I, I love that you just said that, David, because I think that that was a really you know, poignant part of, of Reiki was just this, this human touch, this human connection. And obviously there's more happening for the Reiki master practitioner there. And maybe you can speak to what's actually happening for the practitioner that that's being maybe transmitted or facilitated uh, to the, to the individual who's receiving the treatment. But um, there's, it's very different than just, you know, lying down, you know, taking a nap. It's, there's this definite, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to put words in the mouth of Reiki, but this exchange of energy or the facilitation of flow that really encourages a state of healing. And I mean, the times that I've had it done, it's it's been usually because there's been a, a life obstacle that that feels like a mental block, an emotional block, or some sort of you know spiritual interference that um, just helps to sort of ease the the tension or the resistance of that experience in life. And, uh, and so going through a treatment session uh, and my wife, Sonia, I mean, she does it multiple times with, with a lady here and she always comes back just feel, just in, in ease essentially. And I think that's probably the best way to describe what it feels like after the fact is just the state of ease. Um, but I would love for you to sort of explain what's happening to the, to the body, um, that the, the body of, of who's receiving the treatment, but also what's happening to you as a practitioner. Like, what do you facilitating or, or what words would you use to describe what's happening uh, during a, a session? Well, I'm, uh, what, what we're kind of taught and, and what I was taught is hands-on Reiki on, you know, as soon as, as we put hands and we lay hands, uh, Reiki is doing what Reiki does, which is, you know, again, we're going back to this universal life force, which is this expansive thing that maybe is beyond comprehension um, doing its thing. You know, and so as, as a practitioner, what I focus on um, is just trying to get 
out of the way and allowing Reiki to go in and do whatever it is needs to, wherever it needs to go, whatever it needs to do for that particular person. So, you know, often I, I, I may perceive, you know, uh, warmth in my hands or, or, you know, relaxation myself, but a, a majority of the time I'm just allowing, um, Reiki to be there being kind of the, the conduit or the vessel for Reiki to, to do what it's going to do anyways. Um, so it's, it's interesting because, uh, it's, it's the thing about Reiki is it, it's so, it seems almost overly simple, right? You just put hands and all this stuff is happening and there's this healing and, and whatnot, but that's the beauty of it as well. That the simplicity of it. I mean, I don't, you know, have to do anything other than place, place the hands and, and, and remove myself as much as I can and allow for what's natural to happen. Um, so I don't know if that, that's quite what you were looking for me to explain, but, um, I would say that's, that would be my experience is, you know, I also get that deep relaxation. I feel good after giving a treatment, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, um, I'm in that space and with the touch, I mean, we're so used to either people are comfortable and we have a romantic touch or we have kind of, you know, people who are, have an aversion to touch. Reiki comes in and brings like this very interesting, uh, different type of touch that people get to relate in. It's like a, you know, uh, I'm here, I'm with you, but I'm not intrusive with you. I'm not apart, you know, from you. Uh, we're sharing the space and it's, it's a beautiful way to relate to people that, that I never experienced, um, until interacting with Reiki, you know, it's, it's this different space of touch that opens. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, as a practitioner, being able to interact with people in that space during a treatment is is something that stands out to me from my own experience and being able to provide that space for people to get to know that kind of uh, touch with Reiki and associate that with Reiki as this, you know, a safe space where there's going to be laying of hands and, and um, yeah. Yeah, I loved your explanation. I thought that that was beautiful and and, you know, when you think of, um, you know, a lot of the, the work in energy medicine, a lot of it is, is is sort of letting that ego step aside and just letting what what's supposed to happen happen. And, you know, um, it's a practice. I mean, no doubt, like it's a, it's a meditative experience for you to be in that space of sort of letting go and letting things happen the way they're supposed to. Um, and I can't help but think like I'm mean, thinking back to my you know, the sessions that I've done. It's always as, as the client or the one receiving, I'm, I'm like hyper aware of everything that's going on. So you're tuning into like these sensations of your body vibrating or oscillating, or it's like this, this, this sense of motion that's happening and movement within the body. And it's very visceral. And it, like, like David brought up, it's very different than just lying down and, you know, quote unquote, relaxing. You, you can, there's this, there's this very visceral, subtle, um, shifting that's, that's going on in the body. And so it's it's hard not to think like you know again as someone receiving that something is happening and so there's this almost like expectation and this positive feedback and maybe a bit of a placebo response a powerful one that's letting you have an experience that something is definitely happening and then it helps I think it helps both the practitioner and the one receiving to gain more depth to it because there there is truly an experience it's very different I think than you know. I don't know, taking a supplement and you take a supplement, like, I think it's helping, you know, but this is, this is something where you actually, you feel the physical touch, but then you feel something beyond that physical touch, which is subtle. 
And yeah, I, I love the way that you described it. Well, that was, I, I, that follow-up was great. It is, it's like um, sharing a space like this larger space together, but having a separate experience, but all at the same time, it's, it's very interwoven with uh, the respect of this is what's happening for you. This is what's happening for me. We're also sharing this, you know, this uh, experience together w- without intrusion. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, that's really important, um, especially when people are being vulnerable and, and going somewhere to somebody and saying, Hey, I want to work on this, or I would like to have, you know, this treatment, being able to have that vulnerability taken care of and, and respected and, and held in a responsible manner is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, I think that also gives it some differentiation between, you know, like an, even a massage or, or other, maybe cranial sacral, other, other forms of treatment that involve touch in the body, which, which is, they're also, they're all phenomenal in their own, in their own way. It's just, there's a uniqueness to, uh, to the subtlety of this experience that I think that, that people really are drawn to. And, you know, you think of, um, you know, what's the one thing that you want when, you know, you're a kid and you're hurt, you just want to be held, you know, in, in unconditional love and a space of healing frequency that where we're obviously to say that the mom energy is really there just wanting that support to be there for for the kid that's that's in pain or, you know, emotional distress or what have you. And it's, and thinking back to my experiences, it's always been this very nurturing, loving touch. And, um, which is, you know, kind of exactly what you want when you're when you're experiencing some level of trauma or pain or emotional challenge, et cetera. So oh, I love that. I'm I'm curious, you know, you're you're in two different worlds. Like it's fascinating to to think of someone who's, you know, got the foot in the world of the the lawyer, which is a very like logical type of mindset into this whole right brain creative aspect. Um, how is, how is your work as a lawyer changed? Not just the people you work with, but how has your work as a lawyer changed as a result of the, this practice that you're doing now? Oh, I'd say the word that summarizes it balance. I have a balance now I can be in one world and, you know, in this mental space and, 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 you know, law and rules and structure. And then I get to nurture the other part of me with, with this, with Reiki and the experiences that I share and, and the softness. It's kind of, you know, the, the stronger energy. And then I, when I'm in this space of Reiki, for me, it's softer. The more that, that essence, feminine essence comes up for me in particular. Um, and while I just, I love my job a lot more now because of the balance, because I'm not just jammed in one, one frame of mind, one state of being all the time. And, you know, it's interesting how they actually overlap more than you would think. When I talk with my mental health patients, I go out and I represent clients who are in psychiatric facilities, public and private. And um, you'd be surprised how often energy comes up. You know, I've, I've, I've had conversations about Reiki with some of my clients, not because I say, hey, can I give you Reiki treatment by any means? But just when they'll share with me the, the way that they perceive and they feel and energies and they say, you, well, you wouldn't understand. And oftentimes I, because I have the attorney client privilege, I can, I can bring in these experiences and I, I share more openly. So well, I kind of do understand and I, I'll share, well, you know, I, I practice Reiki and oh, wow. It, it bridges this gap, you know, of I'm not just this lawyer who comes in, it, it humanizes the both of us and it, and it just creates this beautiful connection uh, where we can relate and I can relate with them in these other, these other ways. Um, 
And so I, I guess it's, it starts, it's starting to intertwine and interweave my worlds together. And, um, you know, I'll kind of talk with the colleague, you know, I, lawyers, I don't know, I think we have uh, maybe the reputation of not being too open to <laughs> things like energy work and alternative healing and whatnot. And I guess that was maybe more of a stigma I was putting on the profession from myself. Because when I started sharing that, especially lately, just sharing, oh, you know, when we talk about holistic things, I would share, oh, I'm a, I have a Reiki studio. I was shocked the amount of lawyers who had either gotten a Reiki treatment, received a Reiki treatment, knew what Reiki was, uh, did, you know, and that kind of led the conversation to yoga and oil, all these things. And so the more I allowed myself to be integrate into not just I'm lawyer, I'm Reiki practitioner and to just being and letting all these parts integrate, I saw around me there was there was connection all around me that was waiting to happen. And that was awesome. So where I used to kind of compartmentalize, well, I'm lawyer here and that's how it is. And I'll only show these parts of myself. Reiki and, and my and the practice with Reiki now allows me to have a broader, a broader scope of people I interact with and, and a, a richer, deeper experience with my colleagues and my clients. So it's it's interesting. They they seem so worlds apart, but uh, they're so much more interwoven than I could have imagined. And you know, ultimately, what I would love to do is I would love to integrate and, and one day I would like for the mental health system here and you know locally that's that would be my goal is to have a, a, a way for mental health clients patients to receive uh, Reiki. You know, it can be done at a distance. It can be you know something to be set up. It's one of those things that I would like to put together as more time passes and, and meet with the right people locally, but there's so much healing that can be done. And especially with, with the population with, with mental health, um, it seems like the pieces are coming together for a reason. Hmm. Beautiful. So Danny, we were talking a little bit before we got on the call, you know, I'm listening to you speak and I mean, you've gone from, having this practice done to you to now you are a practitioner and mm -hmm. now you're moving into trying to become a master mm -hmm. of this. But I mean, it's had this massive impact on you as a person and just your overall life and your well-being. So it's kind of gotten a little beyond just you show up and you do this on people. Sure. How is Reiki playing a role in your life as a whole outside of just from the wholeness? I mean, it's like this massive journey mm -hmm. and it's, it's been life changing. Oh, absolutely. In a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> like a very, say, what, very, two or three years. Yeah. It's, ago? it's, um, I took, um, a level one class with my, my teacher here, um, over at, uh, Ananda, which is a, a local yoga studio. And then very quickly took a level two and the level one, I wanted to heal my body. I had had some, some, uh, I've been traveling abroad and I had, you know, had some issues and wanted to heal my body. Level one, great. Heard about Reiki. This is going to be wonderful. Then the curiosity developed. Uh, he offered a level two class. Took level two. Wow. Uh, that opened up some more doors for me. Into For me personally, it was a mental and emotional healing journey. And also, for me, it was coming home. All of a sudden, a lot of things were making sense. I've always been a very sensitive individual to other people, uh, surroundings, environments. And suddenly I was finding myself in a practice where things made sense and some of my sensitivities were uh, beneficial rather than being a hindrance or something that was creating uh, 
suffering in my life. I found uh, a practice that was giving me some structure and discipline in the way that I perceive myself and, and others and a lot of room for growth. Um, and shortly after level two and practicing and meeting with my teacher, you know, frequently, I made the leap. And um, just before the pandemic, I had reached out and had lunch with my teacher and asked, you know, well, what's the next step? How does this work? Like, you know, what's level three or four, or, you know, how does it work? And, and we had a, a talk about uh, apprenticeship for Reiki master. And I didn't really ask much more thinking back. Maybe it would have been good to ask a few more questions. Like how long does this last or what do we have to do? I skipped over all that, went straight to it and just asked my teacher, um, sure. Would you take me as a candidate? And it's in, and from there forward, we've been working uh, very diligently. And because of the, the pandemic, I have a very rapid pace because one, my teacher is here locally and um, you know, there have been a lot of restrictions of course. So I've, I've been able to really focus in on, on this, this new path, which is the apprenticeship. So I've been at it a year. There's not a definite end to it. It's when the teacher and student finally come to that magic moment where we, 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 it's happened and we both feel that, that the time has come that I have reached um, uh, Reiki master. Um, but through this whole process, going from the physical and for me, it was the mental, emotional, and now the Reiki master apprenticeship, it's turned into uh, a way of living for myself. I, I hold the practice very dear with a lot of respect and uh, reverence. And for me, it's a way that when I wake up in the morning and I give myself a treatment and I'm saying to myself and I'm start, I'm, how am I going to have this day? Who am I going to be today? How am I going to interact with others today? How am I going to hold myself in the world for today? I lean on this practice as my, my framework. And from that, and, and consistently doing that, it's, it's turned into this beautiful relationship that uh, holds me up when I, you know, don't know what to do and guides me and, and shows me the next steps. Alongside, of course, my teacher is a huge component in, in, in this practice. Um, but it's become this way of being for me. And it's not like that for everybody. Some people take a level one class or some people don't even take class at all. They go to a treatment and it's wonderful and they may go back or they may not. Some people go to level one, they learn to treat themselves. They can treat other people, family members, friends, other people, and that's enough. And it stops there. Then some people go to level two. They want to send distance. They want to go there in that space. Perfect. For some people, it ends there. Uh, for me, it was just like all the switches were turning on inside. Everything was coming into alignment uh, everything felt right. Everything was making sense for me personally. And wow, to take that next step to apprenticeship, I had no idea really what to expect. I thought I was going to learn cool stuff and, you know, just really out there. And what I'm learning is to master my own emotions, to master myself is really what it's about. Um, and for me, it's, it's been that going deep, going to those places that you may not, may not want to go but are worth going that create the, the beautiful and just as, as deep as you go and, and into the darkness or into the harsh parts of yourself, the blissful experiences are that much richer and, and deeper as well. So it's, it's not everybody goes to become Reiki master. And even, I mean, at some point I could be in the apprenticeship and say, you know, I'm good. I don't actually want to be Reiki master. I'm thank you. This is great. Um, and that's of course always possible. Um, but for me, it's, 
it's just become my way of a way of for me to be and to uh, a practice to lean on so that I know who I would like to, how I would like to treat myself and how I would like to be with others. And that's what I really, I think in totality is the wide range of what Reiki can be to somebody. Something as simple as a 40 minute treatment one time, perfect. Or all the way up to this um, more in-depth training and uh, introspective look at yourself and your way of being and who you want would like to become. That's amazing. Oh. Amazing, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Thank you guys. I'm I'm curious, like, you know, when you hear of someone being called to a practice, I'm always curious about that journey because for you this isn't about uh, a vocation or, or having some way to, to even help people. It's it's like there's this there's this different aspect to you which I find fascinating um, because you do you do have your foot in both worlds and some people may describe that foot in both worlds as chaos, but you, you describe it as balance, which I think is really cool. Um, and so on this journey that you're on with this, this practice, um, I love how it's, it seems like there's a different kind of driving force that's, and it's not even really about like, I'm going to heal the world. It's not even about that. It's like, there's this innate curiosity that I'm perceiving based on what you're saying, but could you describe that a little bit more? Like, what do you think is the pull towards deciding, you know, this journey that you spoke so beautifully about, you decided to be an apprentice. Um, I think that's interesting because as people are tuning in, I'm sure they think and reflect on their own lives about, I want to do something that's really purposeful in life. And often when people make that decision, it's this giant leap out of what they're doing putting all their you know, eggs in the basket of like, this is going to give me purpose. You've done it in a completely different way, you know, where you found balance in um, equality with both in a way that they actually harmonize together. So what's, what's part of that driving force for you to, to want to dive in deeper? Well, that's a good question. And I think that it, it comes back to what most people gets most people curious and seeking it. It's usually from a state of suffering whether it's um, emotionally uh, in pain, physically in pain, um, you know, and, and that's really where it kind of started. It, it, it burst through this seed of, of suffering I was experiencing that I didn't even know I was experiencing really until I started to uncover it layer by layer. And it became overwhelming at some point as I was going inward and, and with the practice, is there going to be another side to this or is this just going to be, you know, just in this, in this space for so long. And as I practice patience and consistency, I was able to start to receive these beautiful gifts, you know, whether I was more patient that day, or I was a kinder person, or I didn't feel so much emotional turmoil that that started to show me, okay, there's, there is the other side of something. And that started to motivate me. I started, it was just becoming more present to my life that I actually have rather than trying to be seeking for something outside of me, a different life that I envisioned and I, I thought was going to be better. I woke to myself and how beautiful all of the components that were within me are the, the harsh ones that, I, that may seem harsh to me, the beautiful ones, my experiences, my hopes and dreams. And I just really started to see, Hey, I'm pretty cool. And it, it was from that space where the suffering started to, alchemize into this love for myself 
that I grew closer to the practice. And, and I stopped looking at some Reiki as something I was using to help me. And I, I started moving into a space of partnership and, and allowing Reiki to be with me and from, for, to be with Reiki and to see what was going to happen, you know? And yeah, some days it's the, the rough and it's a bit emotional and it's a tough day or it's chaotic feeling. And then there's going to be the day where it feels you know, peace inside and, and more moments of, of happiness and lightness than not. So it was kind of both. It was the suffering that ignited the fire. And then as the healing journey and, and I changed my perspective of what, what is Reiki to me and what is it in my life that it opened me up to the self-love, self-love journey and the working with my emotions and working with my mental patterns you know, and so I stopped taking and started just being with who I am and working from that space. And as I, the more I was with myself, you know, the more beauty started to appear in front of me in all senses of the word. And the career started changing and the friends were becoming richer friendships and my relationship with my parents changed and morphed and, and I started to see, okay. And, and then the consistency from there. Because then, you know, you have a period where it's beautiful and light and wonderful and not attaching to that either, allowing that to be there for when it's there and to release it when it's not. But knowing that at the base with my consistency and trusting myself and also you know, stepping into the unknown with this practice, that more often than not, now I know how to handle myself better. I know how to interact in a different way. And it's, it became exciting and interesting and my curiosity started to come up, you know? So it was, still, it was like many people, the suffering that ignited the fire. And now it's in this kind of curiosity, exploration, um, experience. Okay. So let me ask you something for someone who maybe is in a place right now where they're in that suffering where you were, mm -hmm. what would you tell those people? Would you tell them? Because I think a lot of people think sometimes when life's not great, they look outwards for answers in the mm -hmm. world to fix their problems. And you said something very important right now. And you said, I went inwards. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm from what I'm hearing from you is Reiki has been this, this massive catalyst to allow you to go inwards. Absolutely. And that's the magic of what it's brought to your journey. Absolutely. And I, I would say to somebody who is in suffering right now and unsure if there's another side, uh, that perhaps to allow themselves, whether it's Reiki or, or some other modality, to give yourself an opportunity to meet yourself. And if that starts with curiosity from listening to this and hearing information about Reiki and you feel drawn to go have a Reiki treatment and that's where it starts for you. Fantastic. Just allow a little bit of openness and trust within yourself to just try. And for me, that, that was kind of what I fell back on time and time again, when it would get tough and difficult when I was processing was, well, why don't I just try and if something doesn't work or I don't like it, I can stop. And that goes with, you know, as simple as I, I tell this to my clients that come in at any point during the treatment, we can stop. 
If you don't like it, it doesn't feel good, you're nerve, whatever, you don't even have to tell me, we can stop. And I think that carries over in, into life. If we give ourselves the opportunity and we, we believe that there's a space that there, just the idea that there might be something other than suffering and we try, then we open up. We open up to the possibility of something happening. If, if we stay closed in, in that space um, out of whatever it is, maybe fear or, or something like that, um, then there's not a, a really a space for something to come in to help that suffering. And, um, and just that there's so much beauty inside, it just sometimes takes a little bit of time to go through and, and go through the layers of what we perceive ourselves to be or what our life should be. And just little, little bites at a time have been really helpful and important for me rather than trying to say that my life needs to look like this. I don't want to be suffering anymore and just say, well, maybe today I would like to suffer a little bit less, or I'd like to have just a little bit more peace inside or maybe explore what that even means. Um, that I think that's what I would offer to somebody who is, who's in a state of, of feeling uh, suffering right now. Awesome. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world right now that are in experiencing suffering and, you know, and I love that you also spoke to the fact that, you know, just part of the journey for you is just being okay with when things aren't all roses and rainbows. Um, because wouldn't that be nice if, if that was the case? Uh, or would it be? Maybe we wouldn't appreciate the contrast of life, which is what I think you're speaking to. Um, this is such a powerful conversation for many reasons. But I think mostly uh, because things are challenging right now in the world and we all have a, a perceived ex um, experience based on, you know, how th we feel things are supposed to be. And there's, I've come to really appreciate that, that uh, the, the underlying framework for life is uncertainty. And it's just, it's absolutely built into every day and every moment. Um, and so many of us, I think, are experiencing suffering because we, we want certainty. We want the opposite of <laughs> the world that we live in. We want to know what tomorrow is going to look like. We want to know when this pandemic will be finished. We want to know when our partner will start being nice to us or, you know, when things, finances or whatever, are just going to start going our way. We're always looking for that grass is greener. And, and I think a really powerful message, which is what you're sharing is that, you, you developed and you learned to appreciate uh, a level of resilience and, and a different appreciation for the challenges that show up and reframing that suffering as, as a tool for leverage and, and opening and learning and growing as opposed to uh, being a, a chronic source of pain that we are relating to on a, on a very regular basis. So uh, very, very powerful teachings. And I could see why, you know, people would want to work with you, both as a lawyer, <laughs> but also as a practitioner, because you've, you've gone through your own experience. And it's, it's a very relatable and um, endearing quality to know that the person they're working with can really, you know, receive them where they are. And, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, as you described Reiki, it's this universal flow of energy. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could all appreciate the ebb and flow of life and the challenges and the circumstance and, and our perception of the moments that we're in. And what if we could just sort of be in flow a little bit more often um, and, and appreciate this level of unknowing that's happening all around us all the time. 
uh, and so with that sort of backdrop, you know, um, what it, what is what does life look like for you in like five years from now? I mean, I really like the vision that you were you were sort of tapping into with this more of a you know a support system for people suffering from mental health. But could you kind of elaborate a little bit more of like what could that look like? Um, That's a good question, Nick. That's something I'm going to have to develop as I'm here at five years from now. I'm so happy you asked that. Uh, I I can see the beginnings like. I was sharing of the law and, and, and Reiki coming together. And, you know, I think um, five years from now, I would love to see here locally, of course, because this is my hometown of El Paso, to have a bridge between what we're doing now with mental health and what we could be doing. And I think what we could be doing, I think that we could be utilizing Reiki and other holistic and healing modalities to fill in the gaps of what's not being provided right now. We do have, we do have very real gaps in, in the mental health system as a way to heal our community. I would like to, you know, uh, at some point, once I become a Reiki master, whatever date that is in time, at that point, I'll be able to have my own students and be able to, to teach them the, the practice as well. I, I would love to have Reiki have more of a presence here in El Paso. I would love for it to be uh, a more commonly used term in households, uh, in in schools, perhaps in in, in with uh, children. Even I mean, um, with medical field. There's so many different fields right now that that there was such a it would make such a beautiful pairing with something like like Reiki. So I'd say, gosh, if I'm going to dream right now, I would say that there would be I would have some sort of maybe agreement or contract with the mental health facilities where myself, other practitioners, you know, open to, to, you know, all Reiki practices and practitioners that would like to be interested in something like this, uh, have some sort of contract with mental health facilities where they're able to provide Reiki in some, in some degree. And of course it would be case by case scenario, depending on on the client and, and whatnot, but to have Reiki be a presence in mental health in some form or the other. And, and just taking away maybe if, if there is, I think there is a little bit of a stigma on just energy and energy work and Reiki itself, because it's not as familiar here, um, to have it be more of a norm and to have people feel that, that it's accessible, that they have a variety of people to choose from, a variety of practices and types of Reiki to choose from, that one that fits them best. Um, yeah, and, and I would like to have the community here, a Reiki community, because there are different styles of Reiki and different lineages of Reiki, to be together, to have some union with those, to have uh, more of a, a strong presence of all of us together, rather than just one one practitioner here and you're there, to come together to, to bring a community and develop a Reiki community here. And then it, I would love, of course, for that to expand further and, and into these other, other cities uh, small, large, have that presence be a little bit more mainstream. And it's, um, if anybody is before this or had, you know, wonders if it was something scary or, or strange to allow that space for them to at least, uh, feel that they could go and try and, 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 and have the experience, experience, uh, with Reiki. Hmm. 
now you have me, you have the wheels turning of, of how do I see this and how can I make this happen? <laughs> well, you're a lawyer. I'm sure you can use that side of your brain to figure all that, all those details out. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that's, that was a great question. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Go ahead, David. You know, for our listeners, just because, you know, I was thinking about this because we were talking about this, this whole practice of, you know, being with energy, whether it's from Reiki or we're talking yoga like kundalini or nis or you know there's all these different things right all these different modalities that, that involves energy and i read something the other day and it was in that book the secret of light by walter russell and it says if you think that what i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this by the way but i'm gonna try to like make sense of this he's basically saying that if you think that you don't have any senses beyond the five senses you've been taught you have, then you're mistakenly wrong. So what I would tell people, if you've either had Reiki done before or any kind of energy work and maybe just didn't get it or you didn't think it did anything for you or you couldn't tap into that, go deeper because we do have senses beyond our five. And when you go inwards and you start to be open to these things like Danny is saying, and you just go in there with, I guess, a little bit of peace of mind of just let me accept what's going to happen versus putting that expectation on it. You might just surprise yourself on what that sense is and what you are picking up on. And, you know, for me, like, and you said it earlier, Nick, the whole nurturing piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been held by our mom at one point in time when we needed that nurturing in that moment of either sadness or fear by someone that we love dearly. And what we feel is beyond anything you can describe when you're being nurtured by that. And I feel like when you get a really good Reiki treatment and you have that good connection with the person who, who you're sharing that space with, I feel like that's what you're receiving. You're getting that you're picking up on that sense that you've you've been familiar with before. It's not new. It may not be your mom, but there's this deep nurturing connection with this thing that you have experienced before. So I really want to say to all of our listeners, everyone has experienced this in one way or another in their life. Mm -hmm. But when you go through a Reiki session, it's just more focused, I feel like, mm -hmm. and it's for you in that moment for whatever you need it for. Well, that's beautiful. Huh. Always so well said, David. <laughs> um, so I have another question. I mean, you brought up lineages. You brought up you know, the fact that there's people doing different things. I think it's always important to um, like highlight, like how, how, why would someone work with, say, you specifically versus someone else? Like what are some things to look for, let's say, in a Reiki practitioner uh, when people are are, are investigating, um, and obviously it'd be great if everyone can come down El Paso, and uh, or maybe this is where we talk about distance healing and whatnot too. But what are some things to look for um, when people are tuning in? Sure, M mostly it's going to be whatever you feel number one drawn to and comfortable with. So, for example, the the practice that I do, the lineage, it's hands on. And not everybody is comfortable with hands-on. You know, we talked a little bit about the touch and, and everything. Some people just aren't comfortable with the physical touch. And I can't speak too much because I, I don't have much experience with other practices with Reiki. But there are hands uh, practices where or treatments where you don't have hands-on. 
it can be, you know, close to your body and it's still very effective. Um, so that's one thing. What, what makes you comfortable and not comfortable? You know, and if touch is one of those things, then I would guide you, you know, that you can go on the website and usually it says this is a hands-on. Hands-on is usually kind of like the keywords, hands-on treatment. And if you're in doubt, I would contact that Reiki practitioner and ask, is this a hands-on treatment or, or is this, you know, uh, a little bit, the hands will be off the body. So I think that's one key thing. Um, and it's also, it's kind of like anything else, like your doctor, your chiropractor, your naturopath, do you feel comfortable with them? And that may be even setting up a consultation and, and just talking with them and seeing if you feel comfortable because you want to feel comfortable in whatever, whatever you're receiving, whether it's, it's uh, you know, going to the doctor or Reiki treatment or uh, anything like that. So, you know, and I know a lot of practitioners and, and um, as far as the way that, that I do it is if someone is curious and, you know, I can schedule 15 or 20 minutes to come and talk with them, see what they're working on. If they feel comfortable, we can go straight into a treatment or we can schedule it for a different time. So allow yourself, ask those questions beforehand. One, why am I, why, what, what am I, what would I like to get from the Reiki treatment? Or what's bringing me to the Reiki treatment? Uh, what am I uh, comfortable with? And, um, and do, do I feel good with this person? Do I feel comfortable? And, and for, I think a lot of Reiki practitioners, if not all of them, will have like an intake form where we send out when someone contacts me, you know, are you comfortable with touch, light touch? Are you comfortable with hands, hand positions, touching your face? You know, what brings you here? Can you lay on your back for on, on a massage table for an hour, etc.? So just, I think first, get the questions clarity within yourself. Um, and then contact, ask questions, call up the practitioner. Hey, I saw, you know, your website, your, uh, ad, whatever it is. Could you tell me a little bit more? There are different lineages. And, um, that's another way to identify if you're looking for a specific, uh, type of, of Reiki treatment, for example, say I want to go to, I want to go to Vancouver. I could look up and I want to get a, receive a treatment from uh, the lineage that I practice, Usui Shikiryoho. I can Google it, contact. I'll know what to expect. I know that I, when I walk in there, it's going to be a hands-on treatment with particular positions. I know about how long it's going to last and what to expect. Um, and, and those are questions that, that you can ask also to the practitioner. What is it? Does it involve? You know, what do you do? What, what do I need to do? Um, and that's where I would kind of guide the person is clarity within themselves and comfort, feeling comfortable. I was going to say, is there, is there anything else that you think that, um, that you'd like to share with the listeners based on, you know, whether it be becoming more open to energy medicine or anything else that you think that, that maybe we didn't, we didn't ask in regards to Reiki? I think that it's important to, uh, really be in touch and listen to, what you're being drawn to and what you're not being drawn to. If you have a curiosity is starting to come up and an interest and you want to know a little bit more, I would encourage you to follow that through. And I would also encourage that if something doesn't feel right or you're not ready yet, or it's not the time to also respect that. It's not always necessary. We need to push and get to the next level and the next step. A lot of it is, is honoring and respecting. And that's one way for us to become closer and get to know ourselves. And when the time is right, uh, the, if it's Reiki and you, you decide that that's what you'd like to try, um, you know, take that first step and, and uh, try a Reiki, a Reiki uh, treatment. And if it doesn't feel right, that's okay too. That, that just not always pressure ourselves to have the next experience. Um, but when we do feel ready, 
to try it, to try and, and let that openness guide you and, and maybe get a little more comfortable with our vulnerabilities and what, and sharing our vulnerabilities with others. Because when we step into that room and we're telling somebody what's going on with us and what we want to work on, we're uh, really sharing a very intimate part of ourselves. And that's beautiful. And, and that takes practice because it's not so easy or really instilled in us to just go and be open with other people. It takes years of friendship and, and relationships for us to feel in that space. But sometimes uh, when we feel comfortable and we find the right person that we want to share that vulnerability with, and that, if that's a Reiki practitioner or, or something else, to uh, use that and, and, and try. And you can always back off. That's always an option. And I would just just encourage everyone to just really give yourself an opportunity to see what's out there. And it's, it's a beautiful experience. It, it, it's scary and it's unknown and, and it can be different, but there's a lot of beauty that can come from vulnerability and openness. And, and as, as course that's given that it's in a safe space and, and respectful space for that vulnerability to be held. But there are, uh, there are deep connections that can be made. There can be profound healing that can come from any kind of inner work and new experiences. It's beautiful. Well said. Love Where it. Do find you here locally. Here locally, I have a, a Reiki studio um, on the west side of El Paso. It's called Inner Peace is Cool. I think I'm I quite the name. quite the millennial. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's a small studio. I I take um, appointments. You, you know, I'll I'll my best way to contact me is my email. It's Daniela D A N I E L A at innerpeaceiscool.com. And I'm kind of old school. I don't have social media at the moment. Something maybe for later. But uh, a website is perhaps in in the works. Maybe at a later time. But a, just a, a simple email. Uh, reaching out to me and that goes for if you have questions or you would like to chat a bit further or you would you'd like to book a treatment an email would be great I would love to hear and any any thoughts or or questions you may have had from from this conversation um, I would love to to meet up or talk with with the listeners and it would be my my honor to to be of service to the community to provide uh, Reiki treatments to anybody interested so good. I want to come visit. Come on down, Nick. <laughs> Inner Peace is so cool. I love that name. I think it's... Right? It, it, it's because you feel it, right? You feel, and it, it, you just kind of have that moment like, oh, it's cool. This feels cool. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's well, that, that flow and the ease that you were speaking to earlier? And then, and then as, as soon as the, as, as quickly as the Inner Peace can come in, it, it can leave, right? And that's that, that ebb and flow of, in one moment, I can inner peace can be really cool, and then it cannot be here, and that's okay. And then it'll return at some point. You know, it's it's um, and that's what's cool about it. Because if we have something all the time, maybe it's. I think you you spoke to this, David. I don't know if it was before uh, we we got on, but sometimes when we have that different experience of of not having something all the time, we appreciate it a lot more, and we we savor it, and we it, we stay in the moment with that. And then we also know that it leaves. Mm -hmm. yeah it's part of the, the uncertainty of life uh amazing so now we know where we can access reiki why it's so important um as a healing healing modality but also as a an experience and i love how it kept coming to that you know give yourself an experience of just letting go and i can't help but think of you know whether it be patients or 
you know, people in this world of do, 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 do and success and, and forward, forward thinking mindset constantly stuck in that future mode or, or st in a state of suffering based on what ha what's happened in the past. It's really an opportunity to have an experience of the present moment, to be with that life force and that flow of life. Uh, thank you so much for everything you shared today. Uh, now, David, uh, you and I, we, we always get people to leave some sort of home play exercise. Uh, what what do you think, Danny? Like, what, what would be a home play exercise that people could incorporate, or what what, what would you think that they could do after after hearing this episode? Interesting question. I, I would uh, encourage or offer to just see how you feel after hearing this information. Does it spark curiosity? Is it uh, something that okay, sure, I learned something new, and um, see where that leads you. Just, just a, a, a quick reflection can go a long way. Beautiful, nice and simple. Well, and I would challenge people, man. I'm gonna push it a little further. I'm with Danny. You need to kind of chew on this a little bit, but I'm gonna challenge our listeners to step into that unknown, to the maybe some of that uncomfortableness of what never felt that inwards feeling before and this is foreign to me so if it is something as you're listening to this this is something that just seems very foreign why not try a reiki session why not go through that experience and then after the experience then you can let it marinate even some more and chew on it i honestly <laughs> think people just need to experience because it's one thing to hear it but it's a whole other thing to be on the table and experience it and so that's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push our listeners to go and have a treatment done and then, and then make up your mind after that. You but, just leveled up the home play. I love it. Yeah, I'm just a hands-on guy, man. Like yeah. I, think, I think people need to feel it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's just really important. But, uh, yes, thank you so much uh, for your honesty and the passion that you bring to all this and, and for your time. And, yeah, we really enjoyed this. And, for our listeners, we love you all. Um, we hope that the, the message and the information we've been bringing uh, has been helping you experience the growth that we're trying to help you with. And, you know, me and Nick are growing every day, but we're, we're trying to pass some of this on to you all. So thank you. We love you guys. And Dr. Nick. Always a pleasure. And Danny, so, so, uh, so much welcome into our circle of trust. Yes. Thank, thank you, Nick. And into the Dr. Dad's family. <laughs> I appreciate you both. Again, it really was, um, I feel like it was an honor to come on, talk with you both, to share with you. I'm grateful what you all are doing with your podcast and, and the way that you are interacting with the community all across in different parts of, of the world. And just uh, thank you. This was a very beautiful experience for me. Cool. Us as well. Lots of love to you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.